there. Man, well, why don't you guys stand? We're going to have a great time in worship this morning. Would, would you just join me in this declaration here? We just thank you, Father God, that we live within your shadow. And we, your sons and daughters, declare that you are a refuge and you alone do we trust. Let's worship God together. Oh, the weight of his glory. Oh, the wonder of his grace. The power of salvation. Oh, that pulled me from the grave. This hope is not empty. And forever he will reign. And he won't be put to shame. And oh, Praise again from a moment of rain. 
Darkness around. 
sing hallelujah to the everlasting one there is no higher name jesus you reign above it all we're going to receive communion together as a family this morning so we got these four tables, two in front and two in the middle on the sides. And if you folks just want to come up the middle and, and grab your communion elements, and then you can go around the outside to sit down if you want to do that right now. But then we'll, um, we'll receive communion together. And everyone that's watching on home at line, online, why now's the time to get your food and your drink. And we'd, we'd love for you to, to join in this time with us also. Everyone's got their communion elements. All you folks at home, if you've got your elements and you're ready. But you know, this, uh, this communion we're sharing together, this is the covenant meal where we identify ourselves in Christ. And then so we're part of that covenant that's between God and Jesus that'll never be broken. And so, you know, Jesus said, uh, as he had this first covenant meal with his disciples, to do this often in remembrance of him. And so, so that's why we're doing this. What, uh, see, we want, we, we want to remember that and, and do it often because, uh, you know, it's so easy to slip into just seeing ourselves as mere men and women and not the reality is that we're the sons and daughters of Almighty God. And so, um, and, and so um, we, we do this because we need to enforce this with the way we think, the way we talk, our actions, and so this, uh, this way for you, God, or whatever food you got at home, this represents the body of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus had uh, the com covenant communion meal with his disciples, why, he broke the bread and gave them each, and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. And what he meant by that is, see, he was, gonna, he, he was just hours away from the start of the crucifixion process where he would be arrested. And he meant that on his body during that, that crucifixion and that time, why um, he was going to take all of the curse of sin on his body. And that meant every bit of separation from God, he was taking that so that we would never need feel shame or discouragement or depression, anything that would separate us from God. Because now, of course, the reality is we're seated right next to God for all eternity. So there's nothing that can separate us from God once Jesus bore that separation on his body. 
he was going to bear all sickness on his body. And, uh, you know, in fact, over in Peter says this, he said, Now we have been healed by the stripes that Jesus took on his body, his whipping, his beating, his three days in hell being tortured by principalities there. He bore all sickness on his body, so we would never need to do that in our body. And he bore all lack. He took all of our lack, and it said he gave us his riches, so we would never have to have lack. And I mean, it's, it's, it's time to get a hold of the Word of God and enforce that in each of our lives because there, there's no need for someone to feel shame, no need for someone to be sick, no need for someone that's in Christ to be in lack because Jesus bore all that on his body. Let's eat this together remembering that. If you'll take your beverage here, of course, this represents the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, anytime when there would be a, a, um, a covenant meal, why the people that were entering into the covenant, why their blood would be mingled. They'd each cut themselves and put that together and it would drip into a cup. And then they would each drink from that cup, the two parties, um, um, sealing the terms of their covenant. Of course, our covenant is, is guaranteed by the blood of Jesus. But I, I want you to, think, to know this. The blood inside your body is not your own anymore. Jesus' blood is in your body. Can Jesus' blood get a virus? See, it's time for us to enforce the Word of God in our lives because we're called to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. We don't need to live like mere men and women on earth. And so this blood, it represents that, that we live above fear. We live above oppression. Every negative thing that was part of the, the curse, we live above that. And when Jesus reigns, we reign. In fact, God called us kings of life. A king decides what they want in their life, and then they make a decree how it's going to be, and then they declare that decree. You and I can do that same thing because of this blood right here. But let's share this together. Well, thank you so much. We're going to go on with worship here. Yeah. 
I just got stuck in worship on that, the words of that second song we were doing today about Jesus reigns over everything. Because I'm telling you if, you, if we are in Christ and Jesus reigns over everything, that means you and I reign over everything in our lives. And so I, I, I just, what that means to me is that it's time to dream again. I mean, I, 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 I think there's people that, that it's so easy to where you can lose your dream and you just settle like you're stuck in life because of this circumstance and that circumstance but the reality is you rule over that circumstance and you rule over this circumstance so you can decide what you want in life and you get to have it because you're a son you're a daughter of the most high God shouldn't someone that is in that lineage have what they want in life? Well, that's you. So I, it's wide open. What do you want? When you're in Christ, you can have it. That's the good news. Well, yeah, we're going to go on with our service here. Um, but boy, I'd just like to, uh, we got, of course, we've got our new TVs going. And, and, and the, boy, they improve our online uh, uh, broadcast our presentation so much and, and boy I'd just like to thank you as a church family that that, that you're willing to uh, uh, to take Jesus seriously and we go out into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone everywhere and we do it with excellence because that's the way a son or daughter of God does but man thank you I, I just love how these TVs look um, so anyway we're going to go on with our service thank you so much for being here uh, the best is yet to come here in our service so quiet. I just thought I'd yell a little bit to wake you up. Thank you. I, I, thank you. Welcome. Well, it's good to see your smiling faces today. It's awesome to be here, huh? Yeah. yeah amen. Praise God. I always, you know, when you're locked up for three months or whatever we were locked up for, we we're supposed to be locked up for two weeks, but it kept going and going and going until finally, I think it was three months. After three months of being locked up, it sure does feel good to get out, doesn't it? So it's like before you would just like take for granted that we could go out, but now it's thank God that we can get out and we can enjoy uh, each other. We can enjoy life. Amen. Praise God. God's good. I, I want to receive our offering. If the ushers could please help me. Um, if you're giving cash, we'd like a receipt. Just slip your hand up. One of these ushers will give you an offering envelope. Yes, if you're giving cash. Otherwise, you can make your checks out to Destiny Church. There is a way to give online. I'm not sure exactly. They, they've, they've announced it several times. I think if you're in our online audience, you can kind of see the ways to give online. And so some people prefer to do that. Um, and so uh, anyways, we're glad that we have a young man right here that needs an offering envelope right there. Praise God. So let's take our offering in our hand. Let's pray over it. Lord, we're just so grateful that we can gather around the name of Jesus. And we're just so... Uh, thankful for everything that you've done for us. We thank you so much for redemption. 
We thank you for loving us and help us, Lord, to see everything that you have in store for us. Hallelujah. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that reveals these things to us. And so we trust him to show us even greater things. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can pass the offering buckets. I just have one announcement. I, I believe it is well a couple. We have um, uh, Yuri and Tanya uh, here from uh, Ukraine. Well, actually, they're studying in the States here. They were born in Ukraine, and uh, they're going to be going back to Ukraine as missionaries. So they'll be speaking next Sunday. They'll also be speaking Monday night at, um, or Yuri will be at the men's thing. Uh, we also have a women's meeting planned for Saturday morning at 9.30 here at the church where, uh, what's that? August 8th, Tanya will be speaking. And so I just encourage you to come. These are two people that got saved miraculously uh, in, in the nation of Ukraine. And God sent them here. And now uh, they're going, going through a school of ministry. And God is going to send them back. They have a fascinating story of how they got saved. And so uh, you want to make sure that you come next Sunday. And then also Monday night, the men at the men's meeting. And then... Um, also, uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, the women's meeting. And then on this Wednesday, I think it's Wednesday and Thursday, we have a, um, a uh, children's, what is it called? Children's camp. I think it's called children's camp. Is that right? Kids camp, yeah. So we want to uh, invite all the kids. I think there's about 50 kids signed up for Wednesday and Thursday. They're going to spend the night. They're gonna be, it's going to be here. I think it's $40. So we want you to just make sure you... If your kids are involved in that, they'll be, they'll be blessed by it. Well, I was in Alaska doing something I've never done before. I went salmon fishing. And uh, so we caught a bunch of salmon. I don't know if um, uh, you can tell that I'm, I'm sentan. I've been out in the water. Uh, actually, they don't really bite. You know, salmon don't bite. Uh, they're, they're, they're actually, it's kind of a sad story. You could use a sermon illustration on this. They've lived for about five or six years, and they're going upstream to uh, spawn, and once they spawn, they die, and so it's kind of sad, you know, this is their last hurrah going upstream to where they were from, and, uh, and then once they spawn, then they die, and so some of them, every once in a while, you'll see one, they, they call it the walking dead, you know, this kind of didn't make it up to stream, and it's already dying, and so, but it's, it's pretty exciting when you catch them, and I think I have a picture, do we have a picture, Sam? Okay, so I just want you to get green with envy. I just, I just thought it'd be kind of fun if you could get green with envy. And uh, so um, it was a last minute thing. I, I thought of it during worship. I should show everybody the picture of us catching fish. And uh, they also, we left on Thursday, my wife and I. There they are. So can somebody say, oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So that's uh, Jeremy and Katie and uh, Stan and Sherry and then Trish and I. And Benji, he's there too, you know. So that's about, I think there's about 15 salmon there. But So it was a pretty exciting time. We ate a lot of salmon, and uh, so exciting. But anyways, this morning, I have a message for you. And I titled this message, Unity of the Spirit. Unity, you, okay, you can take that picture down. <laughs> they're, they're envious enough. We, we don't want to keep it going. <clears throat> I, I entitled this message, Unity of the Spirit. And so, you know, when you... Uh, fly to Alaska, of course, you have to, you have to wear a mask in the terminal. You have to wear a mask the whole time you're flying. 
and, and then you have to wear a mask. And, and they're really into masks in Alaska. I didn't think they would be, but they are. And then, um, and then I had to be tested for COVID when I got there. So I just want you to know that I was negative. And I told my wife, when I showed her the test results, I said, this is the first time in your life that being negative is a good thing. So anyways, but um, I want to talk to you about unity of the Spirit. Now, this is kind of a challenging type message because um, it could be really misunderstood. It's such an important message because it affects so much about our Christian life and so much about what we uh, will become and what the church will become. It's such an important point, unity in the church. And I'm talking about our church, but also the church uh, as a whole. And, uh, but it's also a subject that you can really misunderstand easily. Because unity, when you talk about unity, you're kind of talking about things that, uh, about being accepting of people and accepting of differences and so on. And so you can take that too far. How many know that's true? That, you know, everybody's, oh, everybody's beautiful, everything, every ideology is beautiful, every thought is beautiful, every idea is beautiful in its own way. How many know this, that that is not true? Uh, you know, I was talking to Yuri and Tanya, and they, they grew up, and their whole family was from Ukraine. And Yuri is a Jewish, is Jewish and he, in his lineage, in her lineage, they have, you know, or Stalin, you know, he took over uh, through communism, they took over the Ukraine, and they basically starved the Ukrainians into submission. And they killed literally millions and millions of people. And so the ideology of communism is not harmless. And the way it took root in that nation, most people don't realize it, but it actually took root in the nation through envy. Uh, people would come out of the colleges and universities and they would go into these villages throughout the nation of Ukraine and, and the Soviet Union and they would say to the people that you are poor and the reason you are poor is because of the rich people. And the rich people are the reason that you are poor. And if these rich people weren't there, you would not be poor. And so they create a class envy among the people. And so eventually the people rose up. They started you know, assaulting the richer, richer people in their communities. They, they said that they would rape the women and they would steal their possessions. And that started the revolution, which actually brought communism. If you know anything about communism, it means you know, we have all things in common and, and we share all things alike. You know, I when I went to Soviet Union in 1994, uh, we flew on the Soviet airlines called Aeroflop. That's its name. I'm not kidding. Aeroflop. And um, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but, but uh, there's no first class on the airlines. And I thought, you know, that's unusual because we always have first class on most of our airlines. So I asked somebody, I said, why don't they have first class? Because communism. And everybody lives in, a, everybody lives in an apartment Every apartment is the same. They're not different. All, they're all the same. They're ex everything is the same, and that's what communism does. It, it creates a society where everything is the same. And so there has to be a hierarchy, a strong uh, hierarchy that enforces this sameness and imposes it upon the people. And so when I went there in 1994, you know, I thought Soviet Union was a huge threat to the art nation, world power. I couldn't believe my eyes. It's a, it's basically was, was a third world country. You know, we were, we were preaching one place and we were staying on like the fifth floor of this rundown motel. 
and they had a they had an elevator. It was so small you could just touch the sides, just going like that. You could touch the sides. It was like a coffin, and so the missionary said, "Don't get, don't, don't ride in the elevator." I said, "Why not?" Because they shut the power off. They just I don't know if they're drinking vodka or whatever, and they just shut the power off, and you could be stuck in the elevator between floors for 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 hours. And I run a little bit claustrophobic, and I go, I'll walk. I'll walk up and down five flights of stairs, carrying luggage and all this stuff, rather than get stuck in that elevator. But, I mean, I was preaching one time. Actually, the guy that is going to be preaching next Sunday, Yuri, he was my interpreter. And I was preaching in an indoor auditorium. There's probably about four or 500 people there. And I was preaching away, man. I was really going like a wild man. And it was so good. And all of a sudden, bam, the lights go off. I mean, it was pitch black. They don't even have exit signs that are illuminated. Pitch black. And I learned to keep a little, little Bic flashlight uh, on my hip. So I pulled my little flashlight out and I lit, turned it on. And so I preached my rest of my sermon with my little flashlight. And I had the only light in the whole place, you know. So I'd show it on myself, you know, so let them see that I'm the one speaking. But anyways, so I, what my point is this, is that ideologies and ideas matter. Ideologies and ideas matter. They're not harmless. Envy is not harmless. And envy is one of the things that's trying to take root in our culture, in our country. And that's one reason why we need to teach history and let people know that these ideologies, once, they, once they've already been tried in other countries and they didn't work, not only didn't they work, but they destroyed the country. They totally destroyed it and destroyed the people. And so we, we, need to, we need to not just be accepting. What I'm saying is, even though I'm going to be talking about unity, I'm, I'm saying we can't just be accepting of everything. We can't just say, well, que sera, sera, Doris Day, get on your bicycle, ride around, singing que sera, sera. We can't do that. We have to take a stand. But how many know that you can take a stand on certain issues without being hateful? In fact, once you get into the realm of hate, uh, strife, where you're, where you're uh, in, in strife, where you're raising your voice, you're doing this personal attack, once you get to that point, the conversation is over because it will not be productive. You and your if, husband and wife, if they start getting into an argument and, and they start raising their voice and emotions engage and all of a sudden angry words start being spit out, you might as well stop the conversation because nothing is going to become good out of this conversation. Sometimes people talk about, well, we need to talk things through. You do need to talk things through. But there's a difference between talking things through and screaming at each other in, in hostility. When you start screaming at because the Bible says angry words do what? Stir up strife. And so once you get to the point where your angry words, emotion is engaged, you should look at each other and say, let's stop, let's pick this up later when, it's, when we calm down. Because once you, con if you continue, we got to talk this out. We can't be cowards. we got to confront this. It's right. You should confront it, and you should talk it out. But once it becomes angry words, and once it becomes vitriol, like that word vitriol? I just, that just came to me. Vitriol. You don't, I don't even know what it means, but it, it sounds like it should fit right here. Vitriol. Once it becomes vitriol, you might as well just stop. Just say, we need to stop this right now because anything we say from now on is going to become hurtful and it's going to hurt the relationship. How many follow what I'm saying? And so I'm not saying 
my first point is not all ideologies and ideas are okay. They're not okay. But, but on the other hand, when we talk about things, when we talk about things, we have to talk about them in a, a certain kind of a spirit, in a certain kind of an attitude. You can't be, have a hostile, raise your voice, attack the other person. Well, you're stupid or you're with this. Once you start calling names, you might as well just shut the conversation down. Unless you don't care about the relationship. And if you don't care about the relationship, then you have a problem. We should care about the relationships that we are in. Amen. Preach, Steve. I believe I will. And so here's the thing. Our nation is very divided. I mean, that's not like, oh, really? Uh, most of you probably know that. If you have any sense of, of looking at the news or whatever, our nation is very divided. And it's a, it's a place that has become where people don't even talk to each other. They just scream at each other. And, they just, and it's, a, it's a very sad thing. And we divide on, on political, politically, there's race division, gender division, all kinds of different division. And that division actually has invaded the church. And I think the church is divided. And that's a sad thing because we shouldn't be as divided as we are. Amen, Steve. Preach. I believe I will. Uh, I, I don't think we should. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 5. It says this. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another. The God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded one toward another. According to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the next phrase. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Receive one another just as Christ received us for the glory of God. How many know that Jesus didn't wait until he agreed with us completely? He didn't say, until I agree with you 100%, I'm not receiving you. How many know he received us basically jerky and all? Right? Goofed up ideas, messed up emotions, all kinds of things going wrong. He received us once we opened our heart up to his, to his message, to his love, to his redemption. We received him. He received us. And he doesn't say you have to change everything before I'll receive you. He received us just as we are. You know, Billy Graham, I used to work for the Billy Graham Association. And every time he gave an altar call, this was his altar call, the song they sang, Just As I Am, Without One Plea, just that, notice, just as I am, without one plea, but thy blood was shed for me. Lamb of God, I come, I come. And so he, he, we come just as we are. All of our issues, we got tissues for your issues. We got all of our craziness, all of our messed up stuff. We just come just as we are, and he receives us. He receives us. Now, when I say it like that, please understand what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he leaves us the way we are. But there's a transformation work that he wants to work in, out in our lives. But he receives us just the way we are. And he says that we should receive one another that way. And there's a, there's a tendency on our part is to, to vide up over issues that are minor, are not significant, are not essential issues. See, there are some essential issues. You can't become a Christian 
Not everybody's a Christian. Not everybody will go to heaven. I, I don't know if that's sad news to you, but not everybody will. I mean, everybody, a lot of people think they will, but they, it, it all centers around one thing, and that is Jesus. It all centers on us having an understanding of who Jesus is. See, when I talk to people, you know, when the Jehovah Witnesses, I, I don't like to say uh, groups' names, but when they come to our door, my first question is, what do you think of Jesus? Tell me your definition how you see Jesus, because this is key. This is key. How do you see Jesus? And they say, well, he's the son of God. Is he God? Is he God in a human form? They say, well, I don't, we don't see him that way. Okay, well, then why, if, that's, if, if he's not God in a human form, then why did Jesus allow people to worship him? The first commandment is, you shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. When the disciples preached and people tried to worship them, the disciples said, stop it. We're just humans. Remember that? If you know your Bible, you know that's true. But when it came to Jesus, when people would worship him, he never, ever stopped them. Why is that? Because he was God. In a human form, he was God, he was man. So the first thing I always ask is, is what do you think of Jesus? This is a key issue, understanding who Jesus is and that Jesus was born of a virgin. See, if he wasn't born of a virgin, then he was fallen. If he's fallen, then he can't be our redeemer. It's like if you and me were, if you and me were in a hole together, you can't help me. Right? Because you're in the same hole I'm in. You, I can't turn to you and say, we're in a hole. Can you pull us out? No, I can't pull you out. We in the same hole, you know. I mean, no, that's true. The only one that can pull us out is we got to look up. Is there anybody out there? And Jesus never was in the hole. Because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You, that's very important. Otherwise, Jesus isn't, isn't pure. He, he himself needs to be redeemed. If he, if he himself needs to redeem, he can't redeem us. Does that make sense? And so it's very important that people have that concept of who Jesus is. Remember when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, you know, she was like, she'd go into all this religious stuff. You know, we, we worship at this well. Your fathers say you're supposed to worship there, but we say you're supposed to worship here. Jesus cut through all that and he said, listen, the hour comes, now is, the true worshipers, and then he brought it down. This is what it is. If you knew who I was and the gift that I was offering, you would ask me for living water. It's so simple. If you knew who I was and the gift that I'm offering, that's the issue. If you knew who I was and the gift, that's the issue. Who Jesus is and the gift that he offers. What is that gift? Eternal life. How did that gift become available to us? It became available because of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. That's how that gift became available to us. And so that's why Paul said that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so if some, most people, when you talk to them about salvation, I've talked to hundreds of people personally about salvation, they'll always say, this is the number one response you'll hear is they say, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I said, well, isn't Jesus mistaken then? He, he went to the cross because he didn't think there was any other way you could get to heaven. He didn't know you could be a good person and get to heaven. He didn't know that. 
He knew that there was, in, it was impossible, impossible for you to get to heaven without coming through Jesus. And our faith in Christ is what unites us to Jesus. That's why he said, for by grace are you saved. Grace, through faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. We're saved by grace through faith. Amen? And so it's very simple, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. And so those things are huge when it comes to essential beliefs. Now, you know, when Jesus is going to come back, you know, I, one time I, I, I saw this, it was like three-hour-long debate on if you're pre-, mid-, or post-tribulation rapture. So I thought, I'm listening to this. I'm going to listen to these three points, these three views, and I'm going to figure out which one is right. I listened to the three-point views, there's three views for three hours. I had a hard time staying awake. It was so boring. And by the time I got done, I was like, I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> All we know for sure is Jesus is coming back. We know that for sure, right? But how, when, where, whatever, we don't know. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. Every time somebody predicts, I heard another guy that I was, I actually enjoyed this guy, this preacher, and he said, He's coming in 2020. Well, I'm ready. If he comes, I'm ready. But I kind of doubt it. But anyways, <laughs> well, you shouldn't doubt. You're a skeptic. I'm not a skeptic. I, I'm ready to go. But I've been burnt so many times. So I'm just, I'm just staying ready to go. I'm just staying ready to go. Amen? But those issues are not essential. Those issues are not essential. There's a lot of issues that are not essential. And when we start... We start breaking up and forming little groups and we attacking other groups that have a different perspective that grieves the Spirit of God and it hurts every single one of us. You don't realize it, but it hurts. Strife division hurts every single one of us. You say, how is that? It, because we're all a part of the same body. You know, it's interesting. Let me try to read some more verses here to you. Um, so I don't know if I'm saying this in a way that's balanced. Thank you, sister, on the front row. Any feedback you want to give, I'm, I'm open to it. But notice in John 17, are you guys okay? I should give you a, a good story, but I won't. Uh, in John 17, in verse 11, Jesus is praying here to the Father. And he says this in verse 11, I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, talking about his followers. I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them safe in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are one. And then in verses 21 through 23, he brings this whole thing up again about us being one as the Father and the Son is one. That we would be one. Now this is a prayer. This is not a commandment. He's not commanding his disciples to be one. This is a prayer that he's praying to the Father. He's saying, Father, make them one like we're one. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think that that's possible? Well, okay. But, I mean, just think about the body of Christ or the churches today. How many denominations are there? I mean, are there hundreds? I don't know if there are hundreds. I mean, 
There's a lot of them, and, and everybody's divided up. And I, somebody asked me one time, do you think denominations are ordained of God? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But I know one thing that's not ordained of God, and that is all the division, all the divisiveness over non-essential issues. All that divisiveness over non-essential issues are not essential. See, I, I, read, this, I read this prayer that Jesus prayed, and I thought to myself, the only way we can be one is if he made us one. Just like the only way we can be saved is if he saved us. The only way we can be saved is if he saves us. The only way we can be one is if he makes us one. And so I think this prayer is a high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed. And he said, Father, make them one, even as we are one. And I think what happens is in redemption, we are made one. I think in redemption, we are made one. Listen to this verse. Turn over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. He says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Notice the one. By one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Notice the ones there. By one spirit, were we all baptized into one body. You go, See, you say, well, I was baptized here or whatever. Here's what he says. By one spirit, where you're all baptized in one body. So, and then another place, like in Ephesians chapter 4, let's look at this verse here. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse, look at verse 3. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Listen to this next verse. There is one body. How many bodies? There's one body, there's one spirit, just as you were called in one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith. See, one faith. There's only one faith. Somebody goes, well, there's Lutheran faith, there's Catholic faith, there's Baptist faith, there's Protestant there's faith. There's this. He says there's just one faith. There, there's a lot of clubs. Right? You say, well, what's the, what's, is it all right to be a part of a club? I don't know. I mean, it's, up to, it's between you and God, I guess. But he says there's just one faith. One faith. One body. One Lord. One baptism. One Father. One God. One Father of all who is above all, over all, through all, and in you all. He says that we, he made us one. So in other words, when, when you got saved, he put you into the body of Christ. He puts you into the body of Christ. There's not seven or eight different bodies of Christ. There's only one. So that may, he made us one in redemption. He made us one in redemption. Now look at verse four, look at verse three. Verse three again, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. He didn't say, make every effort to get unified in spirit. He said, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. So in other words, what he's saying here is you already have it. Now don't lose what you already have. He made you one. Because there's one body, there's one Spirit, there's one faith, there's one Lord. There's only one. And he's the head of the body. And so whether you like it or not, every single person that is a Christian that means he, he, he has believed on Christ, he's received Christ into his life, and had the experience of being born again. So he had the experience, 
had the experience of being born again. Had that experience of being born again. Every single person who has been born again, every single person that's been born again is a part of one body. So that makes you a brother and sister to every single person that's been born again. We're all part of the same body. And what does he say? He says, receive each other. Yeah, but they, they believe this. Are they a believer? Are they a brother? Are they a sister? Then receive them. Now, should you try to straighten them out? Of course, I'm right. I am totally right. Of course, I'll try to straighten them out. But, but I won't, it, it will never de disintegrate to the level of yelling and accusations and how can you be so dumb and whatever. I mean, you, I mean, you have to work at being that dumb. I, I never, it will never deteriorate to that. So you see what I'm saying? But I'm definitely going to say what I think. But I'm not going to say it with angry words. I'm not going to say it with a spirit of animosity, a spirit of, of hatred or a spirit of rejection because Jesus told me to receive every single person that is a believer. Every single person that is a believer in Christ, that confesses Christ, that is born again, he told me to receive them. Amen? So I'm going to receive them. And that's very important. Now, let's look at this verse one more time here, and then we'll move on and bring this to a conclusion. How many are still with me? How many are getting beat up royally this morning? Don't raise your hand. Just go. I, I know that, you know, because it's so easy. See, relationships are so easy just to throw away. Oh, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Throw that away. Oh, you're nuts. Throw that away. So easy. I used to do it all the time. I mean, growing up, I was young. I was zealous. I was opinionated. I was on the attack mode all the time, and I didn't value relationships. But I think what happens is we, we in a roundabout way, we hurt ourselves. We damage ourselves. We actually do. We damage ourselves. Because here's a, it's like this. If, think, just think about this point for a second. If we are one body, which I think these verses say we are. If we are one body, if I attack, another member of the body in a, in a way where I'm going to cut that person off or I'm just going to disregard that person. It's like me attacking myself. It's like me attacking my body, like me hitting my body or hit, hitting myself. Doesn't, doesn't help my body, does it? And so what has to happen is if my, if my hand is going crazy, I'm going, okay, hand, what, what are we doing here? Right? I'm, I'm just going to start talking to my hand. Come on, hand, what are we doing here? I mean, it's probably a silly example, but my point is that I care about my body. And so when I care about other members of the body, it doesn't mean I don't correct them. It doesn't mean I don't confront them. It don't, doesn't mean I don't try to exhort them. But I'm not going to just disregard them because they're precious and valuable to Jesus. He died for them. And because they're precious and valuable to Jesus, they've got to be precious and valuable to us. See, I really think that there is an absence of power in the church. And I think one of the reasons is there's an absence of love in the church. You know, there's an Old Testament verse where it talks about, it's, I think it's in uh, Zephaniah, where, where the prophet sees God. And he said, the Holy One came and he saw God. And he said, he, he describes him, the whole earth was filled with his glory. And then it says, it talks about him being 
clothed with light. And then it says, beams of light flooded from his hands. And then it says, therein is the hiding of his power. And you go to the New Testament, you find out that light and love are connected. For it says God is love, but it also says God is light. And so he says, in that light is, in that splendid light is the hiding place of his power. It's, it's hidden there in, in love. And what the body of Christ, what we've done is we've, we've just disregarded that commandment. And we just want to tell people the truth. Of course, we, it's the truth as we see it. Right? I mean, it's always the way as we see it. Let me tell you how I see it. And every single time we criticize and we reject or we cut down another member of the body of Christ, we are in the end hurting ourselves. You know what drives me crazy? Is these people that speak against God, people that God uses. Like, I don't understand why people diss on Joel Osteen. I like Joel Osteen. I'm going to go on record and say that. I mean, I don't agree with everything he said. He's, a few times he said things, I thought, Joel, come on. You need to rewind and say that again. You know, say that over again. But, I mean, I like the guy. If I want to be encouraged, I listen to Joel Osteen. He always said, you can make it. <laughs> I've tried to be that, I try to be that positive, that smiley all the time. You can make it. <laughs> Just doesn't fit me. doesn't fit my personality. <clears throat> Man, my personality is you can make it if you get the sin out of your life. I mean, you know, you know. But he's just got a different approach. And I think, you know, people are just they, just, they just rail on him. They find something that he said that he didn't say right. Can you imagine being under the spotlight and having everything you say scrutinized? Well, we would be, I'd love to scrutinize everything you said. Boy, would I have fun. I'd be going, you ain't even saved, man. Right? Nobody would like to have that kind of scrutiny. And so that's why he, he says, man, let, that guy is a Christian. He is a brother. If you have an issue with him, I remember I heard this one time, this preacher was, he, this, guy, this preacher told a story about this guy, was a good friend of his, and his, this guy would always rail on this one preacher. Ah, that preacher bugs me, he's, He's into this stuff, you know, where you're positive. And so this preacher, so this, you like how I did that? Oh, I got a lot more ahead. So, so he goes, um, he goes, um, he goes, it seems like you have that brother on your heart. And so he said, he called a bunch of people around. This brother has this other preacher on his heart. Let's all gather together. Let's pray for this preacher that he has on his, deeply on his heart. And he goes, well, blah, 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 blah. I didn't want to pray. <laughs> I didn't want to pray for the guy. I wanted to criticize him. But how many know he could use some prayer? If he's that messed up, he could use some prayer. I mean, if, you're, if your arm is really messed up, it could use some bandaging. It could use some support. It could use some help, right? It could use a sling. It could use a splint. It could use something. And so let's pray. Let's support the guy in prayer. Let's not just criticize him. We're such small. It's become such a small person who just criticizes everybody that is ascending up the mountain, that is trying to do a work for God, that is working in the trenches, that is declaring the word of the Lord, and we stand around just criticizing. That aggravates the daylight. Can you tell? Just getting a little bit aggravated. 
I remember one time this guy, I heard this guy, he was just, he just criticized everybody. And somebody had asked him, have you ever gotten anybody saved? He goes, well, I, that's not my ministry. Ah. Yeah, you just, uh, I want to say something negative right now, but I don't want to ruin my sermon here. But. <laughs> See, so as I bring this to a close, I, I mean, how many got something out of this? That's why it's just far better just to be, because we have a common enemy. And it isn't you, and it's not me. We have a common enemy. It's the enemy. It's the devil. We have a common enemy. And what he does is he gets people into strife over minor things, and then he sits back and just goes, ha, 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 ha. He just has a heyday where we're just tearing and ripping each other. Writing letters. That, that's another thing that aggravates me. These open letters. I don't want an open letter to Joel Osteen. Well, is that unbiblical or what? You're supposed to go to him, and you're supposed to talk to him personally. If he doesn't hear you, bring somebody else and talk to him. Right? There's a way to do it. That, that isn't the way to do it. Because, you know, the Bible says this. Listen, the Bible says, by this, everybody knows this verse, right? By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. By what? By your love for each other. So that means this. That means that the way you love other believers, non-believers are watching. And it's so clear to them. It's so, your love for that other believer is so clear to them, it's no doubt in their unbeliever's mind that you're, that that's, that's a manifestation of love right there. So when you write an open letter, I don't know why I'm saying this, but let me just say it anyways. When you write an open letter, would a non-believer look at that and say, yeah, that's love, all right? I doubt that. I think a non-believer would look at that and say, that is, that is, that's horrible. That's wicked. I don't know if they use the word wicked. They say, that's cruel. Right? That doesn't mean that we don't confront issues, but listen, there's a way to do it that's, that's under the hat, heading of love, and there's a way not to do it. I just don't think that we value unity. See that verse, <clears throat> in verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Can you honestly say that in every situation, in, in the relationships that you're in, that you've made every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit? Can we say that? You know, as the worship team comes, I want to tell you one story. Uh, it's, in, it's in the Bible. My time's up. Not that I should care about that. But there's only so much people can take of, of being bruised. <laughs> this is not being bruised. I realize that. I'm preaching to the choir. You're all agreeing with me. You're like, amen, brother. It's about time somebody said this. But... You know, there's an Old Testament story. How many remember that story where they brought these two prostitutes? They had a baby, you know, they had this baby. They both had a baby. One night, one prostitute rolled on her baby and killed her, suffocated her. So then in the middle of the night, she took her baby that had died, and she put it in, a, in the bed of another prostitute and took that prostitute's baby and said, this baby is my own, mine. Switched them. So in the morning, the one looks, the one woman looks at her baby and she goes, oh, the baby's dead. 
Then she looks at it and goes, this isn't my baby. Then she goes in the other room, she goes, that's my baby. And the lady goes, no, no, it's, that's, this is my baby. They start arguing over this baby. And so they bring, it to, bring the situation to Solomon. And, and Solomon goes, and they're both saying, this baby is my baby. The both women are saying that. So how would you decide that? It's hard to decide. So you know what he did? He goes, bring me a sword. He said, let's cut the baby in half. And the real mother of the baby said, no, no. Give the baby to her. Do you, how many remember that story? Give the baby to her. The real mother said, give. And the one that wasn't the real mother said, yes, cut the baby in half. And Solomon goes, she's the real mother. Because she cares about the baby. You know what? There are re real mothers and fathers in the spirit that care about the baby. They care about God's church. They care about relationships. They care about the environment, the atmosphere that's in the church. They care about it. And when people say, well, let's just divide up. Let's divide up. The real mothers and fathers in the spirits say, no, 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 no. It's not that big an issue. Because by dividing up, we sacrifice something. We yield to the spirit of strife. And the Bible says where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. So you don't want confusion in every evil work. And so the true mothers and fathers, they always step up and they say, don't cut the baby in half. Preserve the baby. Amen? That's why Paul said, as I close, let's all stand together. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, he said, talk to this church. He said there was division among this church. And then he made this statement. It's a very strange statement. He said that those who are approved among you may become evident. And this is what he means by that. Anytime there's trouble in a church, in any situation, any family situation, anything, Anytime there's strife or anytime there's trouble, factions. He said, those who are spiritually approved, those who are spiritually mature will always become evident. Because they'll step up. And if there's things that need to be corrected, they'll correct them. But they'll say, let's not destroy all the relationships over this. It's not worth it. Because we're injuring and we're hurting the body of Christ. Amen? So let's just pray together here, and then we're going to sing a song, and then we'll, we'll close. Lord Jesus, we just come to you right now. God, we, <clears throat> we acknowledge, we acknowledge strife. We acknowledge a lack of love. We acknowledge division that has per, per, been permitted in our lives, our relationships. And Lord, we just don't want them in our lives anymore. We don't want to give place to the enemy. And Lord, we just choose right now in Jesus' name to forgive and to release people. To forgive and to release people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every business dealing, Lord, that there is, that there was injustice done, we forgive and we release people. Every close relationship that we've had, that we've allowed to disintegrate through angry words or through strife right now, Lord, we forgive and we release people. <clears throat> Just say those words after me. We forgive, we forgive. and we release people. We release people from the debt that they owe us. We release them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us. Give us grace to mend relationships. Hallelujah. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's sing this song together.
talked about forgiveness he said that if you don't forgive you're thrown in you're thrown in he told that parable about prison and sometimes we want to move on in our lives and because of an issue of unforgiveness that we hold against somebody it's like you're not hurting them you're hurting yourself you put yourself in prison and it can be over like a business issue like some, something happened in a business issue and there's not forgiveness there. It keeps you from moving forward in business. We, we don't realize the power of forgiveness, how powerful forgiveness is. Or it, does, it keeps us from moving forward in relationships because we hold on to things and we're in relationship prison. You've got to let stuff go. Jesus let a lot of stuff go to have a relationship with us. And we've got to let stuff go. It's very important. You want your relationships to thrive. You want to be blessed. Experience God's blessing. You've got to let stuff go. And I want to give you the opportunity, if you need prayer on that point or any point, if the prayer counselors could please come forward. I'm going to close the service at this point. And if you need prayer on that point or really any point, just want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. Because God wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to confirm this word by the signs following. That the signs following would be to release you from relationship prison or whatever else that might be holding you back. Don't let, don't hang on to stuff. Let it go. Isn't there a song uh, like uh, Frozen or something where she goes, let it go, let it go. Let's all say that. Let it go, let it go. I can tell you guys about it. <laughs> yeah. let, it, let it go. It didn't help me at all. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. Well, you, we want to just close our service at this time. We have some refreshments, I think, sanitarily packaged for your benefit. And in the back there, if you want to join us for some fellowship, that'd be awesome. Otherwise, we just want you to have a great week. Remember that Monday night, uh, Yuri, tomorrow night, Yuri will be speaking at Josh Ball's men's meeting. And then um, 
Saturday morning with Tanya, and then Sunday morning, they'll both be here speaking to us. We'll have a great time. It'll be awesome. So God bless you all. It's great to see you. It's great to see your whole face. God bless you. You're free to go. If you need prayer, please come forward.